You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And this is David's pick, as a matter of fact. And uh, we have a very special guest. He's not only a veteran, but he's still working for the citizen. But we'll get to uh, John in just a moment. Right now we're going to do what we always do, and that's... uh, the J. Roy Ritchie Memorial, and as many of you know, J. Roy was my roommate in college and uh, died from the effects of Agent Orange uh, about a couple of months ago, and so I started a memorial farm, and uh, if you go to our website, americaswebradio.com, that, that'll be the first thing you see, and it's uh, basically a prayer line, veterans praying for veterans, and uh, we always take a just a couple of moments out at the first of any of our shows that are related to veterans so i ask you to uh, pray for your brothers and sisters now we'll be back with you in just about one minute Thank you, and amen. Okay, the other thing that we do, and uh, I hope John appreciates this, but uh, we always start out with a cadence call. The cadence, the cadence calls are the ones that uh, got us through, got us that last half mile, and that force march or uh, double time. So we'll... Okay, everybody's up and going now and ready to uh, finish out that force march that we have to do today. So we uh, we appreciate each and every one of you and uh, appreciate the fact that we uh, have another brother in today. And uh, it's John Bradbury. And uh, John is a uh, U.S. Marine Corps veteran. And we know what those Marines can do. And also, John is a city councilman in my hometown now, Johns Creek, Georgia. Welcome to America's Web Radio. Hey, thanks, David. Good and to be here. We, uh, we do this sort of like uh, we're just friends having a cup of coffee talking about your history and what's going on. And we're going to take on Johns Creek. And, you know, like we spoke last night, I... 
I think what's happening in North Georgia is absolutely fantastic. Um, Peachtree Corners, and then we obviously at the Capitol, we have the, and we work very closely with Rick White, and he's the director of the Georgia Veterans, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, and Rick does such an outstanding job, and if if you ask me, I think he does the job of about four men, and uh, he does it fan, just does it an excellent job. And if you haven't visited the uh, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, then it's in the old uh, Floyd Building and uh, across the, directly across the street from the state capitol. And if you're an Atlanta citizen, I urge you to go and take your kids down there. And also, uh, if you're just traveling through Atlanta, it's worthwhile to put it on your to-do list when you're there. And there's another to-do when you're here. And this is what's going on, like I said, in, in North Georgia, in Johns Creek, Peachtree Corners, uh, John's Creek has, and we're going to get John to uh, tell us about how they procured this, but this is the healing wall, the mm-hmm. wall that is a replica of the Vietnam Veterans Wall in Washington, D.C., and uh, this is the it's 50% size, is that right? Uh, I think it is... Uh one fourth. One fourth. Okay. Uh, so it may, it, may, it may be fifty percent. You, you you seem pretty well informed. So I uh, I may have been growing it a little. Bit. I just anyway. I, it, it's a very to me it's it's perfect. I mean it fits with the park and with the city just perfectly. And, oh yeah. Yeah, you, know, you can really get up close and personal with the wall and. Um, How's the uh, I, well? I'll get to that in a second, but uh, it's in Johns Creek, Georgia in Newtown Park and uh, again it has brought closure to so many different situations and I know you know Roger Wise I do know Roger and speaking of speaking of somebody that there may be more than one of I think Roger's got a a doppelganger (laughs) run around out there doing double time for him I, I keep asking Roger it's not who you know it's who do you not know? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he, he does know everybody. But his story about uh, being at the wall and, and uh, mother and son were there. And yep. I'm sure you've heard his story that yep. uh, that uh, the son looked up at him and said, I met my father for the first time today. Yeah. And uh, he had just uh, scribed his name off the wall or whatever on a sheet of paper. But yeah. it's uh, – what you all have done is just incredible and it's a beautiful area and while i'm speaking of uh, rick white in the georgia military veterans hall of fame they're going to be in newtown park and at the wall doing their 2020 uh indoctrination into the hall of fame for the for the vets that uh were indoctrinated they because of covid they couldn't do their regular uh, ceremony in uh, in uh, Columbus, Georgia. So they've moved it now to you all to the to. The, is it going to be in the pavilion or is it going to be? It's going to be the, at the Mark Burkhalter Amphitheater. Amphitheater. Yeah. Okay. Uh, under the pavilion. Yep. Okay. And uh, it's going to be. And, April and just the 3rd. just to clarify, of course, the military indoctrinated us, and of course, the Georgia Military Hall of Fame. They'll be inducting. Uh, right. These new members, including uh, Coach Dooley, 
uh, which is going to be a real treat. And, of course, he was a former Marine. What did I say, indoctrinated? Yeah, but that's all right. Sometimes when I think about boot camp, there's not a lot of difference. So, (laughs) um, But um, there's a rumor that maybe Herschel Walker is going to be there just to support his old coach, and that would be a treat. But but it'll be a a treat just to see uh, all these great military veterans. Um, So... We're looking oh, yeah. forward to it. And uh, like I said, if you haven't been to the the facility, it's in the in the Floyd building across from the Capitol, and there's pictures of the gentlemen that have been inducted. And um, I don't know where my head was when I said indoctrinated. But anyway, <laughs> inducted. And uh, if you went to Marine Corps boot camp, that's not completely inaccurate. No, so. I, I went to the other branch, the Army boot camp. and. Uh, was indoctrinated as a matter yeah, of fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was a good. It was a good. Uh, they, they did a good job. You know, uh, that's one thing that we talk about, and uh, we talk about it frequently on a, on a number of different veteran shows that we do. And that's the fraternity that you join when you join the military, and mm-hmm. whether whether you go to the Marines or Army or Navy or whatever, if you've served, you've served, and. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we had a call from somebody the other day that was talking about the show and that they had served and uh, wanted to know more about what we did and what we do. And uh, it just, there's something about the military that's just, uh, and, and we urge any graduating senior in high school or from college, whatever your situation might be, if you haven't decided what you want to do in life, I can personally guarantee you there's some branch of the military that will be, give you the opportunity to fulfill your dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only during your training and during your active duty time, but also they will provide one heck of a resume for you. And then you can go on to college on the GI Bill or whatever you want to do and, and proceed with your uh, background. That's right. What you want to do. That's right. So we need to uh, talk about John because we know about the military, but uh, we don't know everything we need to know about John Bradbury, married to Christy. Yes. And I have one daughter. Yes, Gracie. Gracie. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you're really a strange bird. You realize that, don't you? Well, I I do know that, but exactly how you're referring to, I'm not sure. You were born and raised in this area? Oh, yeah. Actually, just not too far from here, Sandy Springs, before it got fancy. Sandy Springs has become pretty fancy. Making you a native? Yeah, and my wife. And your wife, yeah. And her parents are both natives, and my father grew up in the old Fourth Ward back in the 30s, uh, and my mom uh, grew up on a farm in Alabama. So we are, yeah, we're pretty, we're right here. I I believe it, and like I said, you're sort of a strange duck. There ain't many of y'all flying around. Well, uh, you know, look, we're getting used to the uh, Yankees that have moved in, but it's, uh, <laughs> you know, no, it's, uh, Atlanta used to be a little bit more quaint. Um, I think it was a little bit more friendly when it was smaller, um, but it's still a great place to live. Oh, yeah, and uh I say, unfortunately, that's probably not the right word. Whether they're Yankees or I don't know what you call those people from California, but they're moving in here as well. Oh, yeah. 
And the real estate, uh, you and I were talking yesterday, you know, I don't know where they're moving in from, but the real estate uh, everywhere, I think, is pretty hot. But in Johns Creek, it's super hot. And how many folks live actually in Johns Creek? Uh, you know, it depends on who you ask, but it's, <laughs> I would say, a solid number is 85,000. Uh, it could be plus or minus 1,000 or two, but 85,000 is a good number. That's that's uh, that's a lot. Now, how long have you been a councilman? And what what? Oh, wait a second! I wanted to ask something else first. What made you want to join the Marines? Uh, so, I have always loved history and the country, and been very patriotic. Loved uh, Ronald Reagan, and um, you know, I think that there was something about Oliver North. Uh, during those hearings and him in those uh, in his uh, well it's not his dress blues but his dress greens and um, you know if you're going to join the military am I going to get in trouble if I say why not join the best <laughs> <laughs> no other than uh, I have a major that's uh, in the U.S. Air Force and uh, if he gets upset I'll, I'll pass it on to you but. well you know I I really I thought that I wanted to become an officer and um, Paris Island communicated to me that I think I had gotten enough of, of military life in a very short period of time <laughs> and yeah, I decided that probably a career in the military wasn't going to be my thing I was a reservist uh, you know, a college kid um, was proud to have done it. Um, some people have uh, said, well, John, why don't you talk more about what you did in the military or why don't you wear it on your sleeve? Because, uh, you know, most military guys, you know, they're so proud of it and they're always talking about this and that, what they did in the military. And to be frank, I always felt a little sheepish because, you know, like you're naming people like Colonel Rick White. Um, you know, I, I I get the impression that maybe he was holding back uh, the North Vietnamese with one hand, perhaps. Um, <laughs> Rick, but, I, I know you're listening. Uh, if you fell out of your chair on that, uh, somebody will come pick you up. Well, I mean, not not that he's ever um, – none of these guys, I don't feel, have ever been braggadacious about oh, no. what they've done. No. They're very humble. No. Um, but – so their humble stories are just so um you know look again i was an 0151 i was an admin guy like they say swinging through the jungle with my ballpoint pen <laughs> and um i was a college kid reservist and um so i i don't have any kind of real sexy stories to tell about my uh, military career if you can call it that i was i was happy to be a, a weekend warrior well, like I mentioned, uh, the one hardball question that I always ask, and you being a, a member of the Johns Creek Veterans Association, uh, brings it up because there's a guy there. Now, my question is, can you name one veteran that you know that can tell only one story? I, I can't. I feel like you've probably asked that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ask it of everybody, and the only only veteran that I know of that can only tell one story is Submarine Mike. The problem is his story just keeps going oh. and never ends. <laughs> well, my my problem is I think that a lot of my stories are 
Um, not not for public consumption. Uh, <laughs> probably not for mixed audiences. So, um, but I tell you again, it's something that, and I've been very fortunate with this show and and with the station that uh, I never really considered myself a veteran. I was a weekend warrior like you were, mm. and uh, have had regrets that I didn't go to Nam uh, and. Some ways I felt like I served, and some ways I felt like I let the nation down. But uh, Rick and and many of the other veterans that have been here have, uh, you know, flattered me by saying, you know, you serve. And one of the crimes, in my opinion, today is only one percent of the country ever serves. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't feel like that someone has to serve in the military to have served their country um i do think that we have not done an adequate job as as a country of inculcating the importance of love of country and and why um this is a phenomenal country and it's a blessing to have been born an american oh yeah um and you know, there are people in the country that seem like they want to tear all that down, and and for what purpose, I'm not exactly sure. But um, you know, for me, it's something that I try to pass on to my daughter and any you know younger people, especially. Um, but you know, talking about Roger Wise, Roger. <laughs> always talks about how you know freedom is not free and then you got colonel white who has the georgia military hall of fame um the folks that are by the way i want to throw in the name paul longer too um paul was actually the one that started it and, okay. uh, and he's a chaplain and um then rick came along as the director but uh, I, I like to give Paul credit as well. But so, you know, the, the, where I was going with this is that, you know, here are people that they had a distinguished military career when they were physically serving. But I feel like they continue to serve the country as as being kind of advocates or uh, they proselytize about the spirit and the meaning of the country and the the rights and responsibilities of citizenship um and and those people are serving as well and you're serving right now by doing what you do with america's web radio um you know because i I don't remember who said it but it, it was probably one of the founders but someone said it's not like freedom is the natural state of affairs right it's not the way that societies normally operate what seems to usually happen is power gets consolidated and it's either in the hands of a few or a single person and everybody else kind of gets screwed in the process with their their rights and their freedoms being taken away and uh so it's a precious thing and it's something that we have to uh protect it's something that we have to educate ourselves about it's something that we have to um, you know, talk to our kids about. And, uh, you know, you bring up something that, again, we say all the time is that 
I'm very disappointed in our public school system and their quote-unquote history books. So I urge and plead with every veteran, get your children or your grandchildren on your knee and talk to them about the flag and what you did in the service or whatever. Mm-hmm. But keep them informed and how, you know, how their great-grandfathers fought in World War II and, and uh, World War I and Korea and Vietnam and so forth. Because the veteran today is the history book. The history books, when, when the history books give three pages to World War II, you know there's something wrong. Well, I'm just wondering what what history books are you talking about? Because my daughter, there aren't there aren't books. Everything's an app or everything's online, and I don't think uh, I personally don't like it as a parent because it's yeah. harder for me to track and tell what exactly it is that they're studying about. Um, but you know, it is something that is not just for for veterans i mean it's really it needs to grow to just every mom and pop out there um needs to realize that we have this um this heritage and this thing that we've inherited we've we've the generations before have given us this and it's our responsibility to make sure that we're able to then pass it on to the next generation um but if people are not educated on politics and history and why it's important then you know i don't see how the country remains what it has been um for all of us i must admit that if you uh I'm a, I'm a bright ray of sunshine, I'm realizing. <laughs> no, if you want to really upset me is talking about rewriting history. Mm. When I grew up many years ago, history was history. And it, you don't rewrite it. It's what happened. It's like our and, show. And you got it firsthand from George Washington himself, right? Yes, I did. Well, Mo, <laughs> Moses, actually. Oh, uh, Moses. So, excuse me. I'm, I didn't realize you were that, that senior. That's yeah. A, oh, I'm, I'm a senior. Hey, at least I got my... my uh, flu shots early so oh good yeah good. you know but uh uh god i must look really bad today worse than normal but that's all right well it's there's a reason why you're on the radio i mean that's uh god i brought you in to slam me <laughs> hey i i was told that this was going to be kind of like a rush limbaugh kind of setup so I was told to. Uh, it is. It's the poor version. Yeah, I was. I was told to be ready for anything. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you're proving that uh, it's. Uh, it sounds like it's Marine Two and Army One, right? Uh, well, that sounds but, about right. You know, it's. Uh, well, par, all, par par for the course. You all are the first ones to go in. Now, how bright is that? But uh, <laughs> you know, somebody's yeah. got to take that first shot. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So what uh, you decided you were uh, HOA president for yeah. a couple of associations and then uh, moved into Johns Creek and uh, what what made you decide to run for? Uh, oh yeah, council? I'm sorry, that was your original question. Uh, see, I'm very good at this politics thing. I don't answer the question. Um, no, so actually, both of those your names, Joe. Yeah, but both of those no comment. Uh, both of those. Um, homeowner associations were neighborhoods in Johns Creek. 
the one was before Johns Creek was incorporated. The uh, other association is where we live now. And um, it was through that that there was a zoning case that was going to impact our neighborhood, and I went to kind of muck around into that and realized that there were some issues that didn't sit well with me. And before I knew it, I was going to City Hall and learning more about how the city was affecting different things in our community. And uh, I started a group called Preserve Johns Creek, uh, which basically was just looking to you know, maintain that which had made Johns Creek a great community. Um, and before I knew it, I was running for city council. And won. And won. That's, uh, that's quite an accomplishment. Um, I moved from uh, Dunwoody, uh, where I'd lived for 30-some-odd years, and uh, then uh, bought my, uh, I call it my storage unit. I, I, I came down from a large home to a rather small home, and it was either put the stuff in storage or buy this house and shove it in there. There you but, go. You know, I uh, I've enjoyed Johns Creek uh, the few years that I've lived there, but uh, I do. Uh, you know, we were talking about one issue, and uh, that's the deer population. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know whether anything will ever. I don't know what can be done, but uh, when the show's over, I'll give you John's personal home phone number. And if, you, <laughs> if you have a problem, all you have to do is just call him at. And he answers uh, after midnight mostly. So. Yeah, right. Uh, no, but uh, it's just like uh, I don't know a lot about Johns Creek local government, but city planning, where is it taking uh, Johns Creek? Well, so Johns Creek 1 is, for the most part, built out. Uh, there's not a lot of open land still available in Johns Creek. So right now it's really, you know, how do we redevelop? Um, you had trends in retail where shopping centers were, you know, often had vacancies, uh, some more than others. And then with COVID, of course, the retail environment really kind of shut down for a while. And I think COVID, for me at least, kind of made it very clear that Johns Creek – has a vested interest in seeing the shopping centers revitalize themselves. We can't do it for them, but we can demonstrate that we're willing to be flexible to allow them to come to us with innovative uh, ways of, uh, you know, remodeling, perhaps adding, uh, you know, some living units. You know, here's the person that started Preserve Johns Creek saying, hey, let's add a little bit of density um i'm not saying that we want to have you know high-rise towers or apartments but but i am saying that if they need to look at what can they do to reinvigorate that shopping center if that means adding a you know uh you, you you've got the stores on the first floor and maybe you got some townhomes on the top above that um you know i'm i'm very open to that and i think that john's creek needs to be open to it one of the uh, things that i've read about recently is uh and i think they've done it in dunwoody slash sandy springs maybe but uh one thing is that 
you always think of the professional buildings being an office situation like this is sort of Mm -hmm. and uh, but yet um, they found that uh, the uh, the street or the the uh, shopping centers that is on on ground level uh, have turned into being great for uh, professionals uh, be it doctors or attorneys Mm -hmm. and uh, they're doing more and more of that uh, yeah, and so the, the market will take care of a lot of this. Um, you know, it's – but there are restrictions, obviously, that are imposed by the local government on what's allowed. And so I'm just saying that I'm open to seeing what's the latest and greatest uh, proposal that, you know, a shopping center may have uh, because – you know, these shopping centers have the potential to kind of be like little village nooks, uh, little village centers. Um, and if we allow them to, you know, make some changes, maybe they also provide some green space, um, do some other things that might help the residents in terms of stormwater runoff. Um, but a, a vibrant uh Retail is very important, I think, for a community. With that being said, uh, John, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back with John Bradbury right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio.
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on David's Pick on America's Web Radio with our guest, John Bradbury, a veteran uh, from the U.S. Marine Corps and now a uh, city council person. And do some of the meetings get sort of heated every now and then? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, you know, sometimes somebody might get a little uh, excited and maybe they need to be checked uh you know you got seven distinct personalities and you know sometimes different priorities and there's bound to be conflict people will say oh i don't like politics and i say well you know there's politics anytime you get two people together that's Um, true you know and and you know i don't know i would imagine even the the very best of marriages uh you know there are going to be discussions disagreements conflicts so uh, it's, it's not anything super unusual. Do uh, Does John Creeks have – do you all have districts or is it just uh, city council? Is it a city council for everybody? We are the city council for everybody. We all run citywide. There are no districts. We They call it post one, post two, post three, but really we're all just, uh, you know, running. And like I said, after the show's over, I will give John's home telephone number. Right. Oh, sure. My wife will love that. (laughs) And uh, I respect her for what she does. uh, Oh, no kidding. uh, Uh, Pharmacist. And uh, well, yeah, that too. But uh, just being willing to, you know, allow me to to do what I'm doing with city council. Yeah, I think about that often. People don't realize what kind of contribution the uh, the spouses make. You know, this is, uh, again, something that I normally will will have done already, but that is that uh, for every person that's been deployed, it's actually the spouse is deployed too, whether it's yeah. man or woman. And uh, they, they serve, your husband may be in Iraq or whatever the situation might be, but you're serving, taking care of the home front, and that's as big a service and duty as anything else can be and you can take that whole role with you if you'd like uh, john and stick the american flag on whatever you mail out okay no it's a good looking um, sticker there he goes even even a even a jarhead can get a sticker undone yeah. right <laughs> well i wasn't going to say that but that's what i was going to say so um you know, one thing, too, that we have not been stressing here and we want to stress is the fact that uh, uh, if you want to send me an email, send it to GM at America's Web Radio. And if you've got a complaint or if you'd like to hear something or you know a veteran, and this is something that uh, Rick White asked me to uh, mention, too, is that if you know a veteran that you feel like should be in the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, please contact Rick White at at the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. The requirements uh, are fairly simple in that they have to have been born here or, or been a 10-year resident, I believe, mm-hmm. of Georgia to be uh, considered. But uh, they're always looking for good candidates. And, um, again, contact Rick White and... Uh, they will take it from there, and uh, they would appreciate it. The other thing that uh, I've been wanting to point out or have been pointing out just for the last couple of days 
is that uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, John, but one out of four homeless are veterans. Mm. And uh, we work with a lady named Frankie Holbrook that has a has a shining light ministry. And right now we're a drop off point. If you have a bunch of uh, plastic bags that you've gathered up from the grocery store, put them in a, a big plastic bag, and we'll get them to uh, Frankie. And she has a group from Forsyth County Central High School that's putting together mats out of these plastic bags that people oh, wow. can sleep on and keep them dry when it's raining or keep them dry when they're trying to sleep on a wet sidewalk or cold sidewalk or hot sidewalk. And uh, we have a homeless problem. In fact, I would say Johns Creek is one of the few areas I, I don't see any of that. Do you know of any... Uh, you know, many years ago, I do remember someone that you would see on the streets. Um, but, you know, one thing I would touch on is obviously COVID has affected some more than others financially. Uh, one of the things that I'm pretty proud of the city of Johns Creek and our council for is that we, uh, you know, we received money as part of the CARES Act. And that was, of course, to take care of people that were impacted negatively by COVID and the pandemic and the, the shutdown. Um, some communities, some cities, you know, they put that into their general fund in some uh, part. At Johns Creek, we actually said, no, we're going to make sure we push it all out to the community and get it to where it can help people the most. And so, you know, for businesses, we did a thing where, you know, if you're a open to the public and you have a physical storefront then you can qualify for one of these grants um we've got over 450 businesses that have applied and gotten the grant so that's great then the other piece are just the individuals uh what is called the vulnerable populations uh uh assistance and so we've partnered with st vincent de paul and north fulton community charities because they're already in that business, right, of helping people that are uh, maybe not able to pay their rent or, you know, their their lights are going to get cut off. And so, um, you know, we pushed uh, a large amount of money to them to then help these people. And to me, that's really what this relief was supposed to be about, was helping those people that were impacted. And, um, you know, if you think about it, if you can – keep somebody in their home um you know then that's that's a lot better than them falling into uh, a welfare situation so um but you know that's a, a temporary thing just just with covid by the way i i want to uh commend the johns creek police department i think you all have one of the best in the country and uh and fire department. I've never had to use either one, but uh, I know your reputation is, is – or their reputations are both very good. Well, it, it is an excellent department. Um, uh, the interim chief, Castro, is doing a great job. We, um, you know, we obviously have had uh, – we, we saw the need to really look at what can we do to make the department even better. 
Um, obviously, what happened with George Floyd highlighted that there are uh, ways of improving our department. Um, we saw that we could improve and make public safety better if we provided a mental health uh, skill set. Officers were already getting training in that area, uh, but we didn't have anyone dedicated just in the mental health uh, arena. Um, And likewise with crisis intervention training, Um, they they have the training, but not anyone specifically uh, just in that role. We just this week were, uh, we inducted, we have now active a person from the Behavioral Health Department in a partnership with the state of Georgia that is going to have us um, be able to deploy a person to talk to the victims of crimes, the, you know, potential assailants of crime um you know maybe it's just someone that's having um maybe life is just kind of taking them kind of to the edge and this person can interact with them and hopefully de-escalate the situation and so you know it's great to have police that can make arrests and maintain the public order it's also a good thing that we're able to now do an even better job of trying to prevent crime and try to prevent situations from spiraling out of control. That's great. And uh, we were obviously uh, just all of us were uh, shocked at the incident of a couple of days ago. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, we're just in a, a strange time and uh Mm-hmm. I've never, never seen anything like this, and uh, that's why we want. If people have comments about shows or shows that they would like for us to do, they're more than welcome to contact us and let us know what you're thinking. And if we can help, uh, just like the, I don't know, are you familiar with the uh, Warriors to Citizens? I've not heard of that. Uh, this uh, we just played a spot by Rocky Blyer, and he's involved. He's on the board, and um, uh, they they intervene with uh, if if a veteran is having a problem transitioning back in from being a warrior, mm. and uh, if they're having problems with PTSD or whatever it happens to be, they uh, they're well trained and can. Uh, work with them so if you're looking for a charity or or a group that uh, you're interested in working with warriors to citizens warriors and the number two citizens uh, contact them and uh, they are fantastic let's get back to uh, april 3rd we're going to have the induction ceremony yep at um, for the general uh, for the georgia military veterans hall of fame at john's creek do you know offhand when that starts john i forgot to ask rick and uh, i do not have that in front of me and i apologize i no, should no, that's, um, i should have mentioned something or should have found but, out but hopefully we'll we'll get you that information you can repeat it between sure. now and then and, um but you know the the wall that heals 
was pretty tremendous. Uh, you know, the city did buy the actual wall, the actual uh, panels that make up the wall. Uh, we already uh, had the park, obviously, but it was really the Johns Creek Veterans Association uh, that really went out and raised the money and uh, made this thing happen based on private donations. And say something bad about Mike Mazell, and I'll have How much time do we have? Um, <laughs> no, Mike Mazell is the president of uh, the Johns Creek Veterans Association, and he is a super, super guy, and has done, my goodness, to have to put up with a city council and uh-huh. mayor and all of this. Um, Talking so, about a politician. So, so Mike, Mike will call every once in a while if something you know is not to his liking, and say john you know i think maybe you need to uh make this better and of course as a city council i don't have any ability to physically you know we don't execute right we set policy but uh but it's always good to work with mike and uh it's a very committed group uh the john's creek veterans association if there's anybody listening that's in the john's creek area uh that is a former uh that is a veteran you know, we'd love to have you. Now, back before the pandemic, we were meeting, you know, once a month live. Now we do it via Zoom. We're doing it via Zoom, and I think we have had some live. It seems like it changes lately. Um, but I got to say that of all the meetings I go to, David, that John Street Veterans Association meeting was my favorite because, you know, look, you go, you have beer, you have brats, and mm-hmm. um, you hear all these stories some of which are true and um you know no, we, we no, have good would a veteran ever <laughs> embellish a it's, story i don't know i keep thinking it's like what, what's worse the golfers or the military guys but uh <laughs> or the fishermen but uh no we have a really good time and it's a good camaraderie and uh you know we were talking earlier i was saying how i felt a little sheepish you know i don't wear the military service on my sleeve um but all the guys, you know, like Colonel White and Mike Mazell, you know, they're all really, really good. Um, Michael Roman, they're all really good to always make me feel like that my contribution was uh, just as significant, just as meaningful. Um, and, and I appreciate them, you know, making me feel welcome always. Well... You know, I uh, Rick does a lot. Rick White does a lot on uh, getting guests for the show, and you know, I, I'm very blessed in that between veterans and the classic car folks, they have to be the nicest in the in the world to deal with and work with, and they're just uh, a veteran with a veteran. Is just as nice as you can get, and we haven't had. Well, let me ask you. And I always ask this, uh, mm-hmm. or not always, but most of the time, if your country called, even at your age, would you raise your hand again? I would absolutely do that, but that also means that we're really, really in a bad situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but no, absolutely. Hey, and I'd take my walker if they'd let me. But. Yeah. Um, no. <sighs> Yeah, absolutely. That uh, again, America, we're strong, but we're not invincible, and that's whether it's militarily or culturally, societally. 
uh, economically. I, I did want to did touch on something with you yesterday, and I, I'll touch on this today. So, for the listener that may be like me, where one point nine trillion dollars is such a big number that's almost hard to wrap your mind around. Uh, so that's the amount of money that was allocated as part of this recent COVID relief bill that came out of Washington that the Congress passed and the president has signed. Just to make it real, um, you know, Johns Creek is a, a city, like we've said, that's around 85,000 people. Um, we do not have significant, that I know of, any significant uh, COVID expenses. We had some, you know, plexiglass, hand sanitizer, mask, a lot of other things that we had to do for COVID that we were able to be reimbursed for under the CARES Act that was done previously. Um, and then from a sales, uh, fr- from a revenue standpoint, um, we really did not have significant revenue shortfall. There was some blip on the radar uh, for the sales tax, but it was it was not enough. It was not significant enough to really put a hole in our budget. Um, so the point being that of the 1.9 trillion dollars that was passed, 26 million will be coming to Johns Creek. The city of Johns Creek is going to get 26 million dollars, and you know if you think about that happening all across the country. Every every town, every city, every state. If it's like it is in Johns Creek, you know, it's not that we can't use the money because we have very real needs, and and I think that we will put the money to good use. But there was not an emergency, and you know, I saw people say, "Oh, well, we need to thank our senators, you know, because they got us this free this free money." Well, it's not free. And, you know, we can talk about the military all day long, and they can train and they can be equipped. Um, But if we do not have a solid financial footing, uh, that is also a national security risk. And, you know, it's a great thing that we are able to finance our debt in U.S. dollars, and we'll be okay as long as the rest of the world's okay accepting U.S. dollars and repayment of that debt but if and when the rest of the world ever says well no we don't want u.s dollars we want it in another currency or gold uh we'd be in a really bad spot and you talk about inflation and high interest rates and i i don't even want to speculate what it would do to the economy but uh, we need to get our financial discipline back in this country um, because it's really a big problem. How would you recommend doing that? Contact your representative and senator? Well, or? so I've I've started work on a resolution. Boy, I tell you, you know, it's, it's amazing how quickly this politics thing starts sounding political. But I'm starting on a resolution uh, that I'll be introducing to the council that basically just says, you know, hey, Washington, we can't afford any more of your charity, Um, you know, because of the reasons I just talked about. Uh, So that would hopefully send a signal if the council were to accept that resolution. You know, that would be us officially communicating that. Um, But 
the biggest thing is that voters have to demand that their representatives treat that money as if it was how you would treat your money at home. You know, right now we are financing the country with a credit card. And are we making the minimum payment? Are we making a – I mean, I guess that's basically what we're doing is we're making the minimum payment. Well, it's very unfortunate, and I – we do so many different shows that it, it's hard to paint them all like this, but I can tell you, for the most part, it's the same, and it comes down to one thing. We have the most abilities for education now. Anybody can go online and find out just about anything you want to find out. But as a society, we have become extremely lazy. Uh-huh. We take fake news as gospel or we take opinions on channels as gospel when all they are is opinions. Mm-hmm. They're not fact. They're opinions. And just what you said, and the only thing that I've seen – do you do you like Tinker Toys? Would you like me to get you <laughs> This is a lot of fun to play with. Uh, this, uh, he's talking about this roll of s- stickers. I can make it into like it looks like a nose cone from an old U.S. Right, yeah. N- N- NASA rocket, or it looks like a cup or a, a little flower pot. So. Oh, okay. Glad you identified him. But the, the sad part is we as citizens – are not educating ourselves like we should, and we're taking the opinions as gospel, we're taking fake news as gospel, and we can't do that. We've, you know, show me the facts, and then let let me make a decision after that. And this, uh, I think, COVID has brought it out more than anything else. Now, the one thing I am seeing is people finally <laughs> waking up when they why is my tank of gas so expensive now? And uh, they're finally waking up that, you know, cause and effect. And cause, part of it is due to the shutdown of the uh, oil pipeline. Part of it's due to, uh, there are a lot of factors. But you can go online and find out. And you can go online and find out why farmers are hurting, why, you know, there's so many things that you can find out that we've we've been we've been taught to believe national news people as being factual when in many many cases I know when I worked for a, a large radio station if I had given my opinion I would have been fired in a heartbeat and uh well, you know, there was the story this week about how uh, there was a quote attributed to President Trump that was found to be made up that oh, yeah. was in the Washington Post. Um, you know, I will go on a regular basis to foxnews.com, but I'll also turn around and go to cnn.com, and I'll compare the two. I'll read about the same exact subject and see how the same story was covered in the two different sources. Uh, and I think that's the only way that you can get any semblance of knowing what exactly is going on. Because, you know, frankly, there are stories that don't appear at all on CNN, and there are stories that don't appear. I think Fox is a little bit better about, you know, covering the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, but, uh, you know, you've really got to work at it to make sure that you're not being, and we're going to go back to indoctrination again. You know, I don't want to be indoctrinated 
by uh, one of these big media companies. Um, you've really got to work hard to make sure that you're getting a, a balanced view and a more complete set of information. Well, again, going back to my age, um, this what we're going through right now didn't just accidentally happen. This has been planned for many, many, many years. And it really literally can, and you were too, you're too young to remember this, but the, uh, you may know the name Nikita Khrushchev. Um, we will bury you, right? Pardon? He said, we will bury you. Yep. And uh, without firing a shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, this is while he was slamming his shoe on the UN table. And um, they're doing it through, like I said, our textbooks. They're doing it through indoctrination in universities, um, both on the level of teaching as well on teaching people to be teachers and teach socialism. And you're not hearing anything about this today, but I was always taught that socialism is the first step to communism. And... uh, Folks, we're getting closer and closer. We're we're talking. We were talking this morning on uh, Doctor's Lounge about the fact that uh, there is is and going to be a tremendous medical shortage. And we talk about the crisis at the border. There's going to be a crisis in medicine, and it's coming very shortly. Well, you know, one thing you know, people talk about uh, follow the science. How about the science of economics? <laughs> Follow the money. Well, um, you know there are laws of economics. There Certainly, are, there That's are laws a, of major. <laughs> there are, there are laws of supply and demand. And um, you know when the government makes uh, artificial restraints on demand or on supply, you know there are offsets. There are um, dislocations in the economy. And if you the more socialists you get, the more dislocations and uh, waste you get. It's just, it's it's really just economic science. Yep, John, we're going to have to wind it up. I want to thank you for coming in, and uh, well, thank you. If I hadn't, I know that Colonel White would have gone and physically gotten me <laughs> out of my house and, and brought me down here. Well, so I had no choice. Then maybe I shouldn't ask the next question. Will you come back? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, it's been. It's been fun. Well, glad you enjoyed it. And uh, As we say in the Marine Corps, it's been fun, it's been real, but it hasn't been real fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.